Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Been a fun day, Dwayne's World today. It's been great to have your company. Uh, one here, the cricket doesn't start until Thursday, Dwayne. Yeah, tomorrow I've got the Fox footy loving. So uh, find out tomorrow what Fox are doing with uh, new shows, what games I'm doing, whether I've got my Dwayne's World live on a Wednesday night up and running. So uh, looking forward to the big loving at Fox tomorrow. Get some photos taken. Chief footy reporter Sammy Edmonds been good enough to join me right now. Not sure. Are you doing the show tomorrow, Sammy? You're doing every other show as a fill-in. What can you do? Uh, Dwayne, it would be an absolute pleasure. Alas, I'm uh, sitting in for the man who uh, opens the, uh, the batting, well, comes into bat in the order before you, and that being Jared Waitley. So uh, I'm not sure who I'll be handing over to mm-hmm. tomorrow. Might be Adam Should White. Be, might be the best day SEN's ever had. No, Jared Waitley. No, Dwayne. Might be fun. Of the fair for everybody, enjoying a bit of Sammy Edmund and then uh, some hey. other co-hosts later on in the day. Hey, um, you have had a long day today as well. I heard you this morning breaking some news. I want to talk to you about the Cattery news, but the Cam Guthrie news as well. Oh, well, that precautionary quarters, Geelong turned it on the day for Cam Guthrie. Just as well, they were cautious, Dwayne, because an 8 to 10 weeker <laughs> for Cam Guthrie. And uh, at least they provided us with that window of 8 to 10 weeks, to be honest. It does beat medium term or, or long term. Alas, for the player himself, you have to feel sorry for him, don't you? Uh, played on the half a dozen games last year, of course, with the uh, with the toe injury that required surgery. So to cop an eight to ten weeker with the first kick of your first practice game against a meaningful opposition, uh, five seconds in, he's a cruel blow to say the least. So Andrew Mackey, the football boss down there, uh, said eight to ten weeks. He's the ultimate professional. Attack the rehab diligently. All the stuff we would expect, of course. But the bottom line is, Dwayne, he's going to be missing two and a half months of the season. He's a key player. Hmm. Big unveiling as well, having, uh, well, the Essendon game's going to be a soft opening, if you like, and then the St Kilda game's going to be the big opening for round one. So there's a bit going on at the Cattery, and you announced something pretty big this morning. Yeah, look, the, the, the Costa family, so obviously uh, of the late Frank Costa, have pledged a staggering $10 million, Dwayne. Can you believe it, to Geelong's planned indoor training facility that has been in the mix for some time, but they're getting down to the nitty-gritty now of the of the planning stage, and they're in a fundraising phase at the moment. And this is where Costa's widow, Shirley, uh, stepped in on Thursday at an intimate uh, Geelong dinner, a function there with the extraordinary commitment that uh, her and the wider Costa family, as I say, uh, also with... Uh, uh, Frank Costa's younger brother, Robert, who's played a key role, I'm told, in gathering the family together to promise this enormous sum of money, the $10 million to catapult uh, their beloved cats into the modern era because Geelong, Dwayne, are one of the few. I reckon there might only be a handful of clubs left, AFL clubs that don't possess an indoor field facility. Mm. So they're looking to raise more than $20 million for that project. And uh, Geelong officials down there, as you can understand, were absolutely gobsmacked by the massive Costa contribution. They've been an amazing family. When I first arrived in Geelong oh, many years ago in, in what, 87, I uh, met Frank for the first time and he, his, almost his first words to me, once you're Geelong, you're Geelong for life, you won't leave this place, which was, you know, pretty big words coming yeah. from someone who'd just come from Adelaide. But it was an amazing place, Geelong, and I, I'm still here now, so I haven't left. But, yeah, Frank and his wife Shirley, you know, they opened their house to... I went around there to play tennis at the Pink Palace as it was back there <laughs> up on the hill in Newtown. And yeah, there was, uh, I mean, I did get told that there were certain rules, tennis wise, decorum rules, that you, you didn't throw your racket and you didn't swear when you played at Frank's house. And that was fair enough. Um, but yeah, what an amazing family they've been. And Shirley's a lovely lady. And yeah, they've, they've shaped the town, really. They've, the church redevelopment, um, Frank had even 
if the trains weren't running properly, Frank would make a call. So, yeah, what a guy he's been. This is going to be huge. Is it going to be next to the pool at the Bowen End? Is that what they're going to do? Yeah, that's my understanding, Dwayne. I asked them. They haven't settled on a site as yet. They're still in the feasibility phase, as I say. But it's going to be in that sort of area of Kidinia Park. And uh, you're right on, Frank. I mean, an enormous contribution to business, philanthropic causes, the wider community as well. So Geelong will house, or I guess this facility will involve their four uh, programs, being AFL, AFLW, VFL and VFLW, but they are also fully committed, Dwayne, to opening it up for community and commercial events because that precinct down there, Cadinia Park, already home to, what, swimming, netball, cricket, local footy, senior citizens groups as well. So obviously they'll ask for some government funding as well uh, to contribute, but uh, it'll be a big community facility as well down there. And they're already in there, the builders too, Dwayne, by the way. They're doing a stack of stuff at your old club at the moment, a $7 million refurbishment of the High Performance Centre that will deliver a dedicated space for Geelong's AFLW program. It'll be next to the men's facilities, it'll match the men's facilities and it'll come online uh, in August just in time for the new AFLW season. So uh, it's a big couple of projects there and a couple of phases for Geelong. Yeah, so I'm, I haven't been into the new facility. My son's been in there, put a grand piano in there uh, a week or so for one of their functions uh, for the footy club. So it's apparently a an amazing new grandstand, and we'll have a uh, word to... I think we're going to have a chat to um, Jared from the Trust next week about ticketing as well for Saints fans who are thinking of coming down because um, the, the, the new facility is going to be awesome. Enough about Geelong. Sammy, let's talk about Sydney-Brisbane. Practice match has moved. It's going to be hot. Yeah, common sense prevails here. It was scheduled for 4.10pm on Thursday. Forecast top of 37. Blazing sun up there. So push back three hours now, 7.10 Keep in mind, Dwayne, it's actually going to be 38 here tomorrow. We've got Carlton and Melbourne, but that's not until 6.40, 20 to 7 there. So both uh, Sydney and Brisbane actually put a request into the league to say, hey, how about you do us a favour here, guys, and uh, move this game back a few hours, which they've done. They'll have uh, extra water carriers and, and extra time off during the quarter breaks as well. So that was pretty straightforward, that one up there. And the concussion protocol, will it move? Will we get more days that you have to be out for? I don't think we will this year, Dwayne. I think the AFL is going to make a... a, And they are yet to make a formal announcement on this too, by the way. But they will before round one, uh, their concussion protocols in a formal sense. I think the key part of this, of course, is the time that uh, players are mandated to take a break from competition in the event of a concussion. Uh, I think it'll stay at the 12 days going forward. What happens ultimately will be really fascinating. We know that given the AIS, of course, and uh, and various other bodies have aligned themselves now with a 21-day mandatory rest period for community sport as well, which the UK has already gone in place and, and New Zealand as well. So that's something that community sport has got set up, 21 days. The AFL, how close they get to that in the years to come remains to be seen. But uh, the backdrop to that, of course, uh, is Angus Brayshaw's retirement. The Sam Pepper Tribunal case as well. So that's 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. The league will argue for a suspension of no less than four weeks, Dwayne. So big, big change in the tribunal um, guidelines this year as well that will be formalised uh, in the uh, the handbook that is released for tribunal matters in season 2024. And that basically is ignore what's happened before, Dwayne. History has no bearing. And this is all part of the league's determination to set a new benchmark around these sort of reportable incidents. So ignore what's happened before and what Player X has got from tribunal members. Why? Because they're starting again. But they wouldn't go crazy, would they? I mean, we obviously, with the Angus Brayshaw news, are in that environment where it's a difficult one for Sam Pepper to talk his way through. But they can't give him a week because of Angus Brayshaw's retirement. They have to still put it somewhere within the realms of what is right given what's happened and what's uh, the thought for the future. 
Well, Michael Christian still has the same levers that he always pulls, so that has to fit into the tribunal uh, classifiable offences list, and it did. It was careless, and it was high um, high contact, and it was either going to be severe impact or high impact. Now, in the end, Chris, I went with the severe, which is a three plus. Now, this is the other change. Three plus in the determination means it's definitely going to the tribunal, and the AFL are arguing for for four and above. Now, if they do hit uh, a player with a three match sanction, Dwayne. There's no need for them to go to the tribunal to plead uh, to plead guilty and take the three weeks if they're happy with that. So all part of the overlay of less tribunal hearings and the like. But it's interesting reading the changing of the um, of the determination of these matters via the tribunal and the wordings that they use. Now there is a, a phrase in here, Dwayne, um, evolving community standards and an increased focus okay. on reducing instances of avoidable forceful high contacts. There's no doubt that the class action that Angus Brayshaw more recently and, and as we learn more about concussion, community expectations do evolve and standards do evolve so will it be uh, double the penalty from 12 months ago no but the AFL as I say going to argue for four plus whereas last year maybe it would have been the three matches speaking of arguing there's a bit of arguing going on in WA as to how to best write an article about Harley Reid I understand this is an amazing story this one Uh, it comes via the Herald Sun West Coast champion Peter Sumich Dwayne who as you know um, takes no backward steps and we love Mm. him for his forthright opinion well he's actually up and left he's quit uh, writing his weekly newspaper column with the West Australian. Uh, he is claiming the paper refused to publish an article in which he was criticising the number one draft pick, Harley Reid. He's been writing for the paper for 18 months, uh, has Peter Sumich, Dwayne. And, you know, the paper has promoted him as not holding back, offering mm. the insightful no-hold-barred uh, no perspective on all footy matters. Turns out he might have gone a little bit too far, though, because uh, he put the brakes on Harley Reid, said he's no Chris Judd. I was here when Chris Judd... Uh, um, burst onto the scene, and from what I saw of him in his first two or three years, this kid doesn't even compare to Chris Judd. I don't know why people are carrying on. He's going to be a good player, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I know Chris Judd. He used the term puppy fat when describing the number one draft pick's conditioning in the column that never saw the light of day, and said he had a few other things to tidy up. But he said, other than that, I pumped the kid up, he said in the Herald Sun, there wasn't anything disastrous or bad, but the paper weren't having it, Dwayne, and uh, Peter Sumich has had enough. It is amazing, isn't it, the amount of publicity? You've spoken about it on the shows that you've hosted. Uh, where are you at with the whole how much publicity is too much? How much will be sort of too big a weight on his shoulder and where he stands when it comes to the most publicised recruit that we've ever had? It's amazing, isn't it? I think when you go to a two-team town like this where the team that you go to is obviously struggling, that's why they've got the number one uh, pick, haven't they? And they're clinging to any sort of positive press they can get and the newspaper is a big part of that because the Eagles sell, we know that. So it's been way over the top for mine. I know some would argue that there's recency bias. We hype up every number one draft pick and yet the the kid who's taken pick two, Dwayne's just got to come in and play his role. So there's a massive difference for one pick difference. But I think the Perth is just like that with, with with the West Coast Eagles. I mean, there's stories over there when Liam Duggan had a corky recently uh, in a preseason session, and that actually was the lead story on the news that night, Dwayne, that Liam Duggan had a corky at training. So it's that sort of town anyway. Uh, but this has been uh, extraordinary. Was it 30 front pages, I think, or uh, on in the sport department alone since he was drafted in November? So uh, big business over there, and it obviously sells. Just give the people what they want, I suppose, Pipe. It's going to be a tough place to apply your trade though if you're a Juno if both teams miss the finals then you've got another year where you're not having finals to talk about you're going to be talking about a lot of losses yep and how do you live up to that how do you live up to that as Harley Reid now his first outing of course went the way of 99.9% of other draftees to enter the game he was took 20 minutes to get his first touch he got out muscled a few Mm. times some good moments sure 
but certainly didn't set the world on fire. And you'd be forgiven for thinking after reading the West Australian all summer that, uh, gee whiz, you had Barry Cable's about to get started over there. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, and not a lot of protection in terms of how good a teammates he's got around him because that's true. it's it's a, it's going to be a back line that's going to get a lot of ball sent down its way. Hey, great to have you, Sammy. Always great to have you chipping in. Good luck with Jerry's show tomorrow. You're a ripper. You've had a great day. And uh, get yourself some sustenance in this heat. Now, really hope that uh, variety show that you'll be hosting on Fox gets up tomorrow as well, Dwayne. Looking forward to Will seeing that. Will you be able to do you. a song for me if we, if we get yeah. it going? Like a, a lot Don Lane kind of style? Not very musically modded. I might have a triangle at home. I can, I can bring that okay. along. We'll see if you can do it. Sammy Eben, our chief reporter for SEN, joining us for an update on all things sport. Been great to have your company today for Dwayne's Ward for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. That was the lunch menu for Barclays Smokehouse. Ask for Grandmother Ham at your local deli. Find it at your local deli, Barclays Smokehouse. But still a bit to come on the lunch menu. If you're a fan of the world game, Simon Hill, who also uh, loves to have a chat and doesn't take a backward step, is also going to have a chat to us after the break. He's not a big fan of the VAR and a few other things as well. So stick around. Uh, World game with Simon Hill next.